If you have an amazing small business and you're interested in being featured on The Urbanist Unfiltered, we have a small business spotlight just for you. For $250, you could have membership to Hall YP, a feature at a general body meeting, mentions in our newsletter and social media, and you get to be on this podcast. For more information, contact info at hallyp.org. The Urbanist. Unfiltered. Sights and sounds of the Urban League. Straight up. No, no chaser. Stephanie. No, I was, I'm sorry. I'm like looking at Stephanie. I'm saying start Stephanie because she does a wonderful <laughs> job at starting the podcast. The podcast is officially starting now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome Houston and beyond to the Urbanist Unfiltered. It's your girl Steffi B in the building. What up? What up? It's James. Hi, it's Sherelle. Hey, and this is Chris Chavis. And we are the quad. Yes, we we are. are Starting off this episode, this stay-at-home episode. (laughs) I can't do the Cardi B coronavirus, but... Coronavirus! There it is. (laughs) Kind of, something like that. Coronavirus! Yeah. I just love her. That's pretty good, actually. Thank you. Um, we're starting off this episode as we do with our grow and glow moment. So, do y'all have a grow or a glow, and who are you talking about? Mm. Hmm. I'll start. Uh, let's see. A grow moment. I've, I've learned, uh, or a grow. I've grown at my job since I'm not in that office all the time. I feel like I can do a lot more. <laughs> than uh than in, in the past um but I, i'll actually i'll pivot and say uh for teachers overall i've i've seen obviously you know my wife's an educator but what i've learned for Fortin isd all of those teachers are having to adapt um to this coronavirus covid19 um situation to where they're having to change the way they teach um so instead of teaching in person or doing science lab or whatever they're having to teach online now and learn a whole different platform. So just shout out to all of the educators, whether you're in the Urban League or formerly the Urban League uh, YP, um, we see you and I'm I'm thankful for what you're doing uh, during this unprecedented time. Amen to that. Um, I actually have a glow this time around. Just found out through social media today that Hope Carter who was a big personality in the Houston community has finally um, lost her battle, health battle. And she had sickle cell, she had ulcerative colitis, just like I do, um, and it had spread to her liver. And so she had this organization called Big Livers. It was really awesome. She worked for KHOU 11. She just was a, a great person to know. And what I really loved about Hope was she never let any of her illness stop her. She was in the place to be all the time. She was very vibrant and she lived a very full life and passed away at 31. And I want to shout out to her and Mm. we'll be praying for her family and all of her friends. And I mean, this is a, a far reaching tragedy, but she really lived life out loud. She was a big liver, just like she said. So, blow to her. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I just want to, um, I just want to say that I see all of 
everyone who is affected by coronavirus out here glowing, specifically um, churches. I heard someone had Bible study. Um, all the cars drove up to the parking lot and they had a mic system out loud. And so they had Bible study that way. Um, everyone is really figuring out how to do things um, with technology rather quickly. Um, and so, of course, we think our teachers, but other businesses are having to innovate rather quickly. And while we are definitely in dealing with something that we've not seen in over 100 years, I think that it's pretty awesome that we have the technology to um, support some of our efforts. And so I see everybody out there glowing and doing what they can to ensure that their businesses, their churches, their organizations, and the individuals they impact uh, thrive. Big ups to adjustment. Um, my actual glow moment is going to go to Dr. Fauci. Um, he is basically the assigned doctor to help the Trump administration through the crisis. And, you know, the Trump administration has not been the best at um, following uh, science. So this guy is just a master manipulator of the president and like trying to get the president to understand the science of things as opposed to the president's own agenda. So big ups to uh, Dr. Fauci for hanging in there and not cursing out the president in person or at the <laughs> press conference because he's he's clearly holding back. <clears throat> I was oh, going to say you're a master good. manipulator of those words right there. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like the most right. professional way to talk. Yeah, very nice, nasty. <laughs> yes, it was. And I just want to add to that just a grow a grow moment for everybody. Shout out to everybody who has finally decided to pay attention to what's going on in the news. I appreciate it. Um, a lot of us, I think we get consumed by lots of things, but it has been great to see that people are actually paying attention to what's going on and starting to be more <clears throat> informed. I think that's a, a grow moment for all of the human beings out here who typically just sometimes we just live in a bubble so it's nice to see us looking outside the world for once that's it all right so from that segment and on to from the quad where you will hear a free-flowing discussion about whatever topic we choose and of course our topic this month had to be COVID-19 how are you guys doing with this stay at home order with all of the information floating around? How you living? I'm just waiting on my check. Yeah, that I mean that that's real. That, that's real. Um side note, because I was talking about how real that is. Um that last episode, I want definitely want to talk about that because I listened back to it. Um, with our, uh, our two of our co-hosts leading that, I have some thoughts. It's all positive, but I really like that. Um, for me, I, I don't know if I... The check is cool, but I mean, come on. You know, we're going to get taxed that money. <laughs> we're going to give it right back. I mean, it's exactly at some point. Like, I know it may help others who may have that tax bill, but uh, we're going to have to give it back. So I'm like, do I really... Want it? Am I really looking for? I don't know. I really don't know. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. not really looking forward to it because I'm not going to get the full 1200. So, uh, yeah, I'm just it's just going to be some uh, shout out to employment. However, however, yeah, big ups to employment. But then also big ups to the student loan forgiveness part of that uh, that bill that passed for that two so trillion dollars. So what, what they're not? doing is they're suspending student loans without interest for six months. Or at least until September. Until October. Mm -hmm. October. And, okay. And that's just federal <clears throat> loans, right? If you have private loans, good luck. Oh, uh, yeah. I believe okay. it is federal loans. Yes. They don't the want they have control over. So. Yeah. And also, if you're in deferment, you don't get any penalties. Um, like, if you're already in default with your loans, you won't get any penalties for the next six months. But. You still gotta pay your loan. So right, that's what I was gonna say. I, I didn't hear the word Eventually. cancel. They're deferred. Right. <laughs> They're right. So six that's six true. months from now, you will still owe the same amount you owe today. Yeah. Correct. Okay. But that's big okay. for a lot of people. I mean, if you no, think it, about I mean, for sure. some people, yeah, just the amount that that can save. I mean, that's half a year. That is. This crisis has really showed me how much um, <clears throat> the world is really like Pawnee, Indiana from Parks and Recreation. People really are stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? They don't take it wow. seriously. Uh, Y'all know. Come on now. <laughs> this is, there's no justice. <laughs> Well, I, I think a better way to say things, but it that that one it just is really stupidity to me. When I can understand at first you not believing that this is as serious as it was as information was coming out, but as more information come out and it got more serious, why are you still having brunch parties and going out with your friends and in these streets acting like there's not an entire illness going around? Help me understand. Yeah, well. Reading That's is fundamental. Crazy. And people don't read. <laughs> people do so, not read. I'm, so I'm trying to think. Like, So I, I'm not really going to advocate for that mindset of not taking this seriously because it should be. However, if, if we kind of look at the, the timeline and we look at our news channels, um, our government, state, local, federal, in that February, late January time frame, it did mm -hmm. seem like this virus was staying on one side of the globe. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say that you should always do good hygiene, wash your hands, <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> like Nasty those are things that we should already be doing. But <laughs> for some, some reason, we gotta be told to do that. All right, I can only imagine what we've all seen coming out the restroom. But I, back then, I could see how late January, February, like, okay, this disease, it's it's real, it's there, we're okay right now. But for it to have hit the way it's hitting now, like I, um, uh, Queens is the epicenter of the epicenter uh, in, in New York. Um, we already know what's happening in California. Um, Michigan was the last state that I saw that was really uh, getting hit hard. Of course, Louisiana, our neighbors to the east. I mean, this is this is something very real. And it's something that caught us off guard. Even the um, the World Health Organization director. But did the global, it? it? No, it, it did. Did it catch it, us it, off it, guard? Like, 
you kind of had a, like a month's preparation. For a it, month like, and a half at least. I mean, no, so that, I will that's... say, just to, to to James' point, yes, I can see how how people may have thought, oh, that's just in one part of the world. But when it started to spread, like a week, right. two weeks later, then I just don't think that it made any sense for people not to think, um, hey, Houston has one of the largest airport systems in the whole entire world where it's probably going to get here one day soon, right? Those conversations were very, were happening very early on, at least in the circle that I run with. And so I, I think that one of the issues is sometimes we think that we are invincible and we do not really realize how close Everyone is in the globe. It's not that much harder for someone to touch mm-hmm. you now as it probably used to be. Um, and so I think that people took that for granted. And now we're learning a big lesson in how connected we actually are. Yeah. And let me correct. So when I was saying it caught us off guard, I should have said it caught us flat footed. That's what I was um, mm-hmm. referencing for the uh, World Health Organization. We were we were caught just completely unprepared um, for this, to Sherelle's point. What we saw could have prepared us to have the medical devices that we needed, um, toilet paper, whatever, you know, all that, all that good stuff. Which yeah. I don't, I mean, I get it. Somebody like, explain it to me though. Like, what the hell? I is can't. Toilet paper I, ain't, to do with? I don't know. People just, I'm not sure what the toilet paper has to do with anything. But I think, um, to Stephanie's point, stupidity is a real thing. Um, only because just when we think about the model that we're following, we're follow, we were following the Italian model. We clearly know what's happening in Italy, right? It's not great mm-hmm. over there. They can't even keep coffins up with the bodies that they're losing day and night. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just think that as a country, our leadership <clears throat> could have chosen to do things better, but they didn't. And here we are, and we have to face the consequences. And if we think that April 3rd is going to be the day that we all get to go out of our homes because, oh, yeah, coronavirus is gone. We're foolish. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and if anyone listens or reads anything, someone said, as we all know, this could take up to a year to get a vaccine, but it could be until mid-May at the earliest that we will actually see a steady, steady decline in what's happening. So take those months into consideration, guys, um, and stay behind in the house. I gave up, yeah. gave up cursing for Lent, so <laughs> that's the best that I can. Let me let me that. ask y'all a question real quick, just and it's kind of a two part question because I'm curious, Cheryl. You mentioned mid May. I'd actually seen us um, what I consider to be the new normal because I don't think much like. The financial crisis, 9-11 before that, I don't think we will go, air quotes, back to normal. I think it'll be a new normal. And I, I had considered the June time frame um, to, to be that, to be the area where we are going back out in the public. Um, we have <clears throat> higher standards of hygiene, period. Um, but what does, what does after the coronavirus look like to you all? And when do you see that uh, happening? Well, I know for me, I'm you know, mid-May, June, maybe. Um, And I'm very interested in seeing the reports about the amount of trauma people have 
Um, because mm. not everybody can thrive off, thrive off of being isolated this long. I'm interested sure. in seeing how business standards change. I'm interested mm-hmm. in seeing how clean cleaning products change. It's very alarming when you can't find disinfectant because the materials that you buy to clean your house does not disinfect anything. So I'm interested in seeing how those items actually are are changed and are better in the future. Um, I think just in general, we as a world, especially local governments, they tend to be old in the technology that they have. We are realizing that we need to catch up um, because work from home is a thing. And perhaps people are the mentality of what work from home is. I think it'll shift because people are able to be productive or even more productive from their homes than they are in an environment with a bunch of people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just, while these reports, I know somebody's writing a think piece. I'm very, very, very um, intrigued on what scientists and opinionated leaders have to say about it. Mm -hmm. I'm particularly interested to watch how we change as individuals in the way that we interact with each other, because obviously the leadership around the world has been a little lacking, but what you can do in your individual space is be considerate of each other. So I literally had a conversation with my teenage brother about why he needed to stay in the house. And once I had that conversation with him, he understood and said, okay, I'll stay in the house because you said so. You may feel invincible. You may feel like it's not gonna hit you, but you may be hitting people around you. And we're really understanding that we're not invincible. This is affecting everybody around the globe. There's nobody who's not being affected. If it's not you directly, you know someone, you know celebrities. We're connecting through the internet now. And I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how people connect with each other differently, how we consider each other different and how we move forward as a community. I really think that uh, that global or like, uh, what is it, uh, visual concerts are going to become a thing. I think that it's really taken off as we do the COVID thing, but it's a great form of entertainment regardless, like especially when they do it via the video and all that other stuff. Some radio DJs have done a number of different things. I think Anthony Hamilton had a concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Um, Rash, smooth. Erica yeah. has had one. Hella concert. Like, that should become the new norm. Like, we should be expecting somebody to monopolize on it and have, like, a Friday special such and such concert. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Let me ask y'all a question. Because um, Stephanie mentioned how people interact with each other. Has anyone had, um, what are we calling them? Happy hours on <laughs> with their group chats? I know me and my homegirls this past week we just got on the chat for a while we were kiki keying up and it was just nice to be around friends and, you know kiki it was cute um <laughs> some of us had drinks some of us drink guava juice so there's that um but i just wondered if anyone else is engaging in any types of like virtual parties virtual get-togethers with their friends and what that looks like um, for um, not yet. Um, that's that's the short answer. 
I did do uh, the quarantine with uh, D-Nice last Saturday. Um, and that was my first experience. We streamed it from the TV. And I, I did feel like I was in, in a real chat, like partying with him. So that was cool. But I will say that um, the technology part of it, I've used FaceTime with my family way more than I ever had in the past. So that connectivity is that's going to be a, a a very real thing. I could see people, I guess, wanting to do brunch. If you got a brunch during this time, <laughs> do it safely. Please don't go out. But um, yeah, I I could see more more of technology being used. But I haven't used it as as much um, for right now with social hours. If I have to do one more push-up for this foot push-up challenge, it's going to oh. be a problem. Like, <laughs> you know, I said that. I much that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the extent of my uh, virtual socialization is just following up on those things. I mean, I don't really engage with it much, but um, definitely just staying in touch and checking up on people. Uh, that's it. What's the most you've had to do? Uh, 30, I think, is the... It was the largest, what's the fastest challenge. But the thing is, is like, you know, you get you get one five minutes before you do the 30 and then you do do 20 after that. You exhausted by the end of the day. Like you've done 100 push ups and didn't even know it. Like, I mean, which is also. Yeah, I got one. I got one set of 10 for my brother. And then I had a cousin challenge me to 50. So uh, I had to do that in phases. I'm not going to lie. Full transparency. <laughs> I did that you, man. I did that in a couple sets of 15. Feel free to check it out. Uh, it's at Let It Rain if you so inclined. But uh, it was, I mean, it's cool. I mean, that, we, we are, we're uh, social people by nature. I mean, very few of us can really thrive in that, you know, solo environment. So even if you have a spouse or significant other, I mean, I at least I'll speak for myself. I do want to be more connected than I am right now. But technology is really the only medium we can use to do that safely. Because um, I'm not going to be the <laughs> I almost I almost curse like Sherelle said she wasn't going to do for Lent. But we can't be the people who are out and about thinking this is OK because this is not OK. Yes, because black people are not immune to this. If that's what you were trying to say. No matter how many memes, no matter how many memes come out. Where we pass in, I saw one where it's like, oh, we passed a Canada dry ginger ale, so we're just gonna pass up the cure. Have you it's seen strong that? Strong ginger ale. <laughs> like, I love ginger ale too, but that ain't it, y'all. Ginger ale ain't gonna fix it, not this time. <laughs> I haven't done any like virtual anything with my friends, but I definitely have been finding myself on Instagram more. Um, went on Instagram live last night, just talking to people about nothing and everything kind of just basically connecting with people and having my own little talk show for no reason, just because we're all sitting inside and you can definitely <laughs> everybody sitting inside together because my stories went from 100 people watching to now like 180 and it's like, oh, y'all, y'all must be bored. Well, <laughs> as a person who thrives in isolation and will be the one who cancels from going anywhere, I must admit that I just a little bit I'm like man it's the difference between having the choice not to go out right. and being forced to not to, not to go out and mm-hmm. that definitely has impacted me just a smidge in this whole entire thing I just like people watching and you know there's no people to watch like because everybody's in the house so it's sad yeah 
And what's is like for people like me who are immunocompromised, I can't even think about going over to a friend's house who lives five minutes away just to escape for a minute because I definitely got invited. But I'm literally scared to leave my house because people don't realize how easily this virus can be spread. And I went to the grocery store one time and I had on my mask and my gloves. I was not playing no games. I had my wipes, I had my hand sanitizer. But what tripped me out is they had a guy at HEB having people use hand sanitizer before they walked in the store. And I was really thinking like, you really gotta stand here and police people to just slide their hand by the hand sanitizer and he looked at my gloves and I looked at him (laughs) and I was like do you want me to put it on top of the gloves he was like yes please I sure will well that's good that's good because people go into the gas station and pumping gas without gloves and then touching their face exactly I just think understanding of hand sanitizing is a real thing it's a real thing Yeah, the last time I caught the flu, I had to be hospitalized. So I will say I have much more anxiety around this situation than I've ever had around my health before. Like being around other people, it's it's very strange. Does anyone know people who are impacted by coronavirus? Yeah, I I just, I found out one of my uh, fraternity brothers um, in Kentucky um, he had made a, a post on Facebook about it. Um, he is a firefighter, so he's one of our nation's first responders, and um, he tested positive for the coronavirus. So he's been um, providing updates, you know, just how he's doing, uh, which I think is a, a good coping mechanism for him, and really an educational piece for anybody who was thinking about it. So, although he's, you know, we're distant, um, he's still in Kentucky, obviously here in Houston, but um. It, it was a bit shocking because it, it did kind of bring it a little bit closer to home um, for me um, with him being, you know, seemingly normal, healthy. I know he was uh, following protocols, but just being on those front lines, I mean, it is it is so serious. It had me thinking uh, my grandmother, she's in a, um, you know, uh, assisted living uh, community for, for seniors. I'm unable to go over and visit with her like I normally would, you know, that. That affects me um, best at picking up the phone, as I'm sure you can imagine uh, most seniors are. So it's been a little bit challenging to uh, keep in contact with her. She doesn't watch the news that much, so I have to tell her, you know, whenever I do get a hold of her, let her know, hey, Grandma, this is what's going on. This is what you should and should not do. You know, I'm sure the community that you're at has, you know, procedures. But, yeah, it's it's definitely hit close to home. Anybody else? Um, nobody personally that I know who has actually contracted the virus, but I have friends who are working in the Houston Medical Center, working long, crazy hours with patients who all have COVID-19, um, particularly my friend Chelsea, who also is the one who braided my hair, if you saw my Instagram story. She has been talking about the the rigorous strategic things that they have to do in the hospital to make sure that as medical professionals, they haven't contracted it every single day. And she was talking about them having specialized fitted masks and things that you wouldn't even think they have to do, but she's out there working. And I just really appreciate all of our essential, now that we see how essential they are, essential personnel that are still keeping things moving. 
Yeah, well, I think that's a blessing. Unfortunately for me, I know two people who have died from coronavirus, and I know two people who oh, wow. have it. So um, it's been very interesting watching people talk about it on social media. Uh, one was a nurse and was exposed to it, and she had just started complaining about how she was tired and how she would wait how she was waiting on her test results and that she wouldn't receive them for four or five days and then when she did get them she did test positive and you know she's struggling right now um the other one I don't have much of updates about how he's doing but then yeah two people that I know that our family knows died of coronavirus and they were older individuals and so they had other complications which as we know lends to people not being able to survive it um but it's still really sad right (laughs) it's like really Uh tragic because Uh I think when that happens as you mentioned James it just I think of like a rope in like corona on this long six foot rope or 10 foot rope and then every time I find out about somebody who I know it just comes closer and closer and so um that's kind of how my anxiety is working (laughs) with this um so it's just been a lot to process that is yeah and I think earlier uh, you had mentioned oh I'm sorry okay no go ahead you good no please please Oh, I was just going to say my sister is a nurse, and uh, that's one of the things that worries me is, you know, she's in close contact. She has to take care of those who are sick um, no matter what. So it bothers me that, you know, or it worries me more so just for her health. Yeah, I mean, that and health health in general, I know, um, Cheryl, you had mentioned earlier about the things you'd be interested in seeing you know, post uh, coronavirus and, you know, mental health um, is going to be a huge aspect of how we kind of <clears throat> come back um, to uh, something that resembles normal. I, the the stress and anxiety you just mentioned, I mean, I can be honest and say I feel that now. Um, it's felt in my home and text messages with my family. So even um, for, for those who are not, you know, yet affected either um, in close proximity or tested positive themselves, that well, we're going to need some help mm-hmm. um, after this. And just having good conversations about what this means, how we're feeling, how we dealt with it, because the, there's not going to be a switch that turns on automatically. OK, um, we flatten the curve. Um, we can go back to business as, as usual. I know some people, um, uh, those who focus solely on the economy, and business may think like, oh, okay, we can go out and be fine again, but there will be a lot of mental scars um, that that will have to heal, especially in our community. So, I, I think that's I think that's something we should keep in the back of our minds as young professionals, as you know, as members of uh, of Hall YP, um, that to think about having those conversations. What do those conversations look like? And now that I'm talking out loud, it, maybe we don't wait. Uh, maybe we can do something virtually just a, a check-in I know it's being done um right now but just something to think about yeah I think we should definitely do a check-in um because some of us um are essential employees I am a central employee so while the rest of my staff is working from home I have to show up to work twice a week and so you know there's anxiety that comes around that and um you just never know there's so many unknowns with the with 
this virus that I could literally walk in a space and someone who had it could have coughed and it just stays in the air for 48 hours and I could be exposed. So if if we allow our minds to travel, that can be kind of horrific, right? For people who yeah. already have trauma and anxiety and suffer from these things. Um, so it's it, it can be a very mentally taxing thing to have to deal with every time you walk outside the door, especially if you have to go to work. Yeah. And Talk I'm about it. To how this is being handled when November comes around. And that's a good way to slide into our politicking segment. Um, I think it's, it's, it's so important. I feel like now more than ever. And I feel like we've been saying now more than ever for a while now. <laughs> yeah. No. Go ahead. But I think your vote is your voice. And as we watch how all of this is unfolding, are you satisfied with your leadership? in your district, in your city, in your state, in your nation? Like, are you satisfied with your leadership and the way that you are watching them handle what's happening right now? And if not, what can you Which is vote. 100%. I mean, if, if, if for, for me, if you have to, or if I have to ask myself, you know, where is my mayor or city council member i mean that that is a real problem this is the this is the one situation a human health crisis where no matter what side of the aisle that you're on government is is supposed to be there like i there's i'm not gonna sugarcoat it or dance around that fact this is the one time where government um, and elected officials need to be present, need to be visible. They need to be able to speak articulately about a given subject so that way citizens, when they when they end that video conference or they end that phone call or whatever, they feel uh, a certain sense of confidence. I'm not saying they need to sell us a wolf ticket and say everything's going to be okay, but we need to be informed. And if our elected officials aren't doing that, then they need to go in the May elections, if we're still having them, to be honest, and definitely in the November um, elections. I, I can speak in Fort Bend County. Um, some of our elected officials have done that, and, and some haven't. I, I do question where some of our leaders leaders are. It's to the point where um, I've had family members come and tell me what Mayor Turner is talking about, who live in Fort Bend County. Mayor right. Turner isn't our mayor. You know, there's there's a number of, of city officials um, who who haven't been as her as I would have liked them to be. Um, but but that's that's so real. I mean, you hit the nail on that. Stephanie. Yeah. And James, we're so glad to have you back to talk about politicking because <laughs> I did our best last episode. <laughs> Listen, as, and so I, I will take some of this time uh, just to commend you on, on that last episode. I loved it. I mean, y'all were definitely a little bit more looser than I would normally be, but um, I, I'll just leave it at that. But I, I really enjoyed that. So uh, major props uh, to you and Chavis. Um, as, as far as politics, I mean, this is uh, the coronavirus is the moment um, politically. Uh, if, if you watch uh, ABC or uh, KPRC or any of the news channels, you're seeing um, the uh, the county judge 
Uh, you're seeing the mayor. You're you're seeing the crisis uh, response teams. They they are everywhere, and I believe uh, the city of Houston and Harris County is doing um, a great job. Um, I'd already mentioned Fort Bend County, um, but I, I will just a, a general thought. Um, and we you know we can talk further if you'd like. But one thing that I've noticed Texas Texas is always a um, independent state. All of our uh, school district or most of our school districts are independent um, from city and other um, locations. I, I do wonder, though, if we are starting, if we're at a point now, especially given this crisis, where we have too many messengers um, giving out information. I, I mentioned uh, earlier family members are reciting what Mayor Turner um, is, is saying around um, stay, you know, business being closed, and that doesn't necessarily affect where they live. So I, I wonder if um, this would be a time where we should look more towards our state um, government uh, to make some of these decisions. Uh, I will say um, Governor Abbott was uh, most of his press conferences that I've watched have been reiterations of what Mayor Turner has already said. Um, our, um, I'm saying our for Fort Bend County, uh, what KP Georgia said, um, what Mrs. Hidalgo ha- had mentioned. Uh, so I, I wonder, should we expect more? This is really a question I'm asking. Should we expect more from our our state officials on where we as a as a state should go, or is are we getting you know what what we what we should be expecting um, with all of these different uh, municipalities kind of giving giving orders? I think that's an absolutely great question, and I'll take a stab at it first. I really think if we had national leadership that was clear and concise in communication, mm-hmm. it, it would trickle down everywhere else. But you have people who are kind of um, topping from the bottom because if there is no communication, then they're just trying to make sure people aren't panicked or kind of understand what's happening. But I feel like the higher you have that great communication, it trickles down instead of it just kind of breaking apart piecemeal. And I think what we're seeing is that we have a president who is calling this the Chinese virus. And so you can't depend on your national leadership. Everybody has to question where is the communication coming from? Yeah, that's a good point. Cheryl, what do you think? <laughs> well, <laughs> I giggle because I don't think any of us I I don't take our national leadership seriously, so I just kind of look and go whatever. Um because of the things that has happened prior to coronavirus and after. What I will say though for the city of Houston, I do think that Um, It's interesting that you say that the governor has been reiterating what uh, Mayor Turner is saying, Um, and I think that's because the city of Houston is so committed to having factual details that people look at us as leadership throughout the state on how some things are happening, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So we are getting reports. We have one of the largest, I mean, we're just known for so many things and 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 industry standards that it's no surprise that people are reiterating the things that are coming from our mayor um 
I do think, though, that we are fortunate to live in the city that we live in because we are getting adequate information. I know for me, I sometimes get information a bit ahead of everybody else just by nature of my work. So I've been trying to share with people while trying not to like overshare and scare people (laughs) by some of the details that we have. For example, I can tell y'all right now, um, we have 1,456 cases and that's an update up an increase of 270 from yesterday. That can be traumatizing to some people or it can be news, mm-hmm. right? So right. so I say all that to say like, at this point, I just don't look to national leadership for much of anything. Um, I have my trusted news sources that I listen to and read New York Times, Washington Post. I'll stick with that. Um, but as far as, I'll let them sort out what information I need to know from the national level because they have not, for me, as long as I've known about it, our national leadership has not been talking about this. And if I know about something and national leadership isn't talking about it, that's bad, y'all, because I sometimes live in a bubble. Gotcha. Chavis, what you got? Uh, I'm actually going to go after our state leadership and the lack thereof. Um, I do think that Abbott and the lieutenant governor should have both come out and made statements to kind of relieve the mayors from making the decision, the mayors and the county leaderships from making the decisions that they have to. Um, The state just simply hasn't made a move. They haven't declared or they didn't. They took a long time to declare um, this uh, still haven't declared it a state of emergency, if I'm not mistaken. But um, the seriousness and the tone that was needed, um, the response that was needed for this particular uh, pandemic, it was not there. Um, and I would point yeah. to national leadership, but I I elect the governor for a reason, right? Like you you vote for him or her for a reason. So they also have the authority to say, hey, we should be shutting down this state so that it doesn't spread throughout our state and to the next state. So they also have that ability to do that. Um, But they left it up to the mayors and the county officials to do it, which, you know, um, probably wasn't the best idea. Now, I know I should know this and forgive Mm -hmm. me, but James, you're the politicker of the group. Um, But I really thought that Governor Abbott put out a um, he didn't necessarily call it a stay home work home order but he put out some rules and regulations to which other mayors of other cities did follow so whenever from my experience just what I saw um, when Mayor Turner did say everybody needs to stay home all this it was kind of a reiteration or it was kind of of the same lines that Governor Governor Abbott had already put out. Am I incorrect in that? Because I could be. Uh, I will go back and double check. I want to say that uh, I saw the city um, put out that you should stay at home um, first. And then um, Abbott's press conference um, essentially reiterated what we had all known at that point, not saying what Abbott was saying was coming directly from Mayor Turner, but I, I believe there was a, um, you know, Trump had mentioned at some point 
um, to stay at home. But for for me personally, I was already at home. So I think my point in bringing up Abbott and what I'm hearing from him and how it, it at, at, in the beginning was a bit different from Mayor Turner. I was already at home when uh, Governor Abbott had kind of issued his 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 uh, proclamation, I guess. And so that, yeah, I that's think what that, really um, kind of I, bothered me. I think that every everybody was late to the game, <laughs> if we want to be really honest about it, because yeah. no one really understood the severity or they didn't want to believe the severity, right? But um, I think he declared a state of disaster mid-March, so uh, two weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying that to be in defense of him at all. No, he, but he probably do, did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Um, but I am saying that say even if it was two weeks ago, you know, we're we're fortunate that again, that we are now taking this seriously and taking the measures because the charts that show if we would have impl- implemented um a stay home work home order today or two weeks from now, we would go from having a thousand cases to having like 24,000 cases in two weeks if we did not put these things in order. So just, I'm just happy that we are finally here and people are finally paying attention. Um, So 59 is real clear. Like I showed up (laughs) work at four o'clock today and it took all of 19 minutes, blew my mind. There you go. I know uh, another thing we need to make sure we're focused on while we're in this um, subject is there is a presidential election cycle going on um, right now. And I know um, from what I've seen out in the, the Twitter Twitterverse, um, a lot of people have been asking, where are the, um, the Democratic nominees uh, and, and where do they stand in, in all of this? So as, as we're trying to keep at least half uh, eyelash on the uh, presidential race. Um, What are some of your thoughts on how uh, Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden have handled uh, this human health crisis? I don't think about it. Okay. Facts. And you aren't alone, I can tell uh, you that. I'm happy to see uh, Bernie Sanders back in the Senate, though. He's uh, definitely fighting for all the things that um, he stands for in his presidency. Um, but remember, he's also serving as a senator currently, too. So it was ha- I was happy to see him with his fiery old self um, yeah. on the podium. Well, that's and and Cheryl, you, you mentioned like you're not paying attention to it. And I, uh, I know you are absolutely not alone on that. Do you think, um, just given how things are, how, how will our election be affected? And you were just, you know, spitballing here. Um, going into November, I mean, in terms of turnout, um, voter interest, voter edu- education, I mean, wh- what is that going to look like um, in, in your, your mind? Um, I still think people are going to show up to vote. I think black women are going to do what they always do um, in support of whatever Democratic nominee that we have. Um, I just think that it's hard to tell right now how much entertainment and how much we are willing to consume about national elections just because of everything else that's going on and taking over mainstream media. So, you know, we can revisit this in like August and <laughs> see yeah. what the climate has been. But right now, I don't, 
yeah, I think it's too early to tell. And it's so crazy that you uh, framed it as entertainment. And that's really what it has become. Like, and that's the crazy part that our politics and the choosing of our leadership has basically devolved to entertainment. Like, what did this clown say today? Or how did this person mess up today? And all that stuff. And, you know, the constant news cycle about it makes it um, a very uh, blah and passive type um, activity, which is which is sad. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, well, we will see. I mean, as always, you know, we'll revisit um, the politics of the day, you know, uh, um, in the midst of this uh, coronavirus. But, you know, I'll, always keep your, your eyes open. We can walk and chew gum at the time, at the same time, rather. I know um, to Sherelle's comment, black women do save the day, every day, all day. Um, but let's make sure everybody else can uh, lend a hand in helping them uh, with that. Yeah, and speaking of amazing black women, in my segment, I got time today, which y'all are welcome to join me in. <laughs> no, you got it. I'm, I'm going to get my popcorn right now. <laughs> Stop laughing, y'all. I really want to talk about Self Made, the Madam C.J. Walker story on Netflix. Ooh, child. Have y'all had a chance to watch it? Take no, it, take it. Nah. Okay, first of all, I understand that there are people who will watch this movie and well, this limited series and absolutely love it. I have no problem with any of you loving what you saw. I'm glad more of you um, know the Madam C.J. Walker story. Please understand that this is based upon her story. So everything that you saw is not exactly what happened in her life. Like, I really, really, really want to point that out. Because a lot of the things that happened were um, sensational. And I really want to say, okay, it's great that the, the whole movie was made by this, this group of black women. But that really makes me wonder, still, who is in these rooms when these decisions are being made? Because how you going to make a period piece with music from 2019? Come on. How, just how you taking me completely out of the movie? Like when they when they sat down in New York and they was watching all the black people walk by and it was that spoiler <laughs> alert. Phone. I, just, I can't play with y'all. <laughs> like, uh, so I thought it was right now. I thought people were gonna enjoy it. I haven't seen it yet. I'll still probably watch mm. it. But can please continue. I will say I am a snob. Me and my radio, television, and film degree are, are snobbish about certain things. But as soon as she showed up in those boxing gloves, I was like, cut the movie. Cut the whole movie off. Well, that was scene one, Steph. I know. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was done right there. I will say I do think the movie was well casted. Um, I thought Tiffany Haddish played her role which I think she has particular roles that are good for her, and I like to see that. I think Blair Underwood played his typecast role, which he started off as the good husband and then, you know, evolved into the bad husband, which we always see Blair Underwood do. Um, but I just thought the movie was really... It was strange, y'all. Like, even some of the language that they used. I was like, are you sure they were saying this in this time period? Because I don't think they were. 
So when we tell these stories, if we're going to spend all this money to make it look good, let's also be historically accurate. How about that? That would be great. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. If y'all could see the eye rolls. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. Listen, I, what's this segment called, y'all? Let I got time. Today. I got time today. Okay, this is real petty and it's meant to be funny, but you know, I'm not a comedic genius. But what I will say is while we are all watching these Instagram videos and these TikToks, they have the one that's called Baby Come Getting Something New. That one, all I gotta say yeah. is it's elbow, elbow, shimmy, clap and hop at the same time. <laughs> Y'all to clap and hop at the same time. Like it's not that difficult, guys. They're not getting it right for you. They're not getting it right. And it's just you know, it's different when it's a baby. But when it's not the baby who's doing this, some of y'all taking the 16 count when it shouldn't be that at all. Like it's elbow, elbow, shimmy, clap, and keeping pushing. Did y'all girl who got knocked? out of the line and then caught her pants on a drawer and fell on the floor. Terrible. Terrible. I've definitely seen, the funniest one I saw was one where it was 2018 and it was a good year and somebody did it correctly and then it was 2019 and somebody was like not dancing on beat and then 2020 the boy slid down the the stairs. That one was hilarious and I needed that. That's how I feel about these doggone movies. Like the <laughs> technology, the more information we have, the better we can do about these movies, the worse we seem to do. I mean, like, Tyler Perry. You gonna take a masterpiece like Malcolm X that is historically accurate for that time period, and then mm. you gonna give me self-made? I just need mm. to understand. I just need to understand what's happening. Y'all got more access, more money. I I, I just don't. I don't get it. We're going backwards. So, so with that more access and more money, are are you suggesting that maybe we're not putting as much effort? Um, where in the past is like this is our one shot. It's got to be right. And now we're like, well, they're gonna like it anyway. Let's just go ahead and put something out. That's probably what it is, to tell you the truth. And I understand people want to tell good stories, and I'm by no means am I saying stop making movies or anything like that, but just really consider what you're doing. Like, honestly, I watched Waiting to Exhale the other night, and Waiting to Exhale is an amazing movie. I love all the actresses in it, but I was watching one scene where Gloria, from the front, had her earring on, and from the back, but they were doing a side shot, had no earring. And I'm just like, y'all, y'all don't see. Have- Stephanie, see, I'm man, still trying to figure out how Taraji not went too boat. far. How is Taraji not wet off the boat? Please tell me. How did she come out the water dry? Are you talking about acrimony? Yes. That, that was the worst. Please tell me why Felicia Rashad had a pocket in one scene and then not a pocket two seconds later. I'm confused. How does how do these things happen? And I understand it's a huge production, but there's literally a job for a person to watch the script and be like, okay, if she's smoking a cigarette in this scene, we need to make sure it's not a blunt in the next one. <laughs> As we always say, I just want people to make it make sense because it didn't make sense. No. At all. But yeah, y'all go watch okay. self-made. You ain't doing enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's very that's very true. 
Okay. Well, um, I think that's a good positive place to uh, to wrap up the show, especially you know given what we already talked about. Um, if you all listening have any questions um, for us, uh, you know, feel free to email us or um, just let us know how you're doing. Uh, period. You know, we uh, the four of us are, are always here to listen. And, you know, Hall YP uh, will always be here. We ain't going nowhere. Um, so just you know, stay up, stay healthy. Um, hashtag make it make sense. We'll catch y'all next time. Absolutely. Before we go, though, I would like to make an announcement. So even though Corona is happening and everybody's inside their house, we hope that in August you will come out the house and join us all in Houston for the upcoming National Urban League Conference. Um, We are very excited. It's still going as of yesterday. It just might change a little bit. Um, there may be some virtual sessions. There may be some different content changes. Um, myself, as well as my co-lead, are working, is working very hard <laughs> to make sure that we give you all the content that you need. And so, <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely, just to clear the record, it is not canceled, okay? Um, at least not yet. So with that, please join us in August. Um, just so I can clear up a few questions that occur. No, registration will not be cut in half because Corona is happening. <laughs> no, you don't have to pay a hey, You don't have to put my business out there like oh, that. I'm just to. saying, these are questions that people ask. It's still $410, okay, guys? Um, and it goes up like every two months, so pay attention to that. Yes, you still have to pay for a hotel. You have to. It's $194. So it's an investment, but make an investment in your future and join us in the Deep South because, listen, Southern hospitality is going to be great. Amen. And I hope to see y'all if we're safe because if, if it's still Corona time, I'll be Skyping in. <laughs> to every session. To every session. <laughs> also, uh, shout out to our YP ELT who really put together an amazing digital week Absolutely. Um, really quickly, which was a great idea. Shout out to our producers, Nick and Jazz, who are on that ELT. And I'm sure as the PR and marketing team had a lot to do with it. I am looking forward to the activities. By the time this airs, we will already be through it. But shout out to y'all for keeping us connected through this crisis. <laughs> all right guys um so i think that's the end of the episode i don't know if you all want to go into this we can leave on a positive note uh whatever you guys want to do but if we can all just go around and say one thing we're looking forward to this week bomb nothing great that's our episode guys thanks for joining us <laughs> I'm looking forward. I got you. I'm looking forward to the next time we get opportunity to to do this again because I definitely needed uh, these laughs. So I appreciate that. I might even hug y'all. You know, I don't do that. Oh my god! Wait a minute. What? November? 2021. It's gonna be our year. We done caught a tear. We might get a hug. Like, listen, I've been growing. I've been growing, okay? Cool. All right, y'all. We'll see you next I literally cannot think of anything that I'm looking forward to this week, which sucks, but maybe next episode we can look back at it and and 
I don't know. Pray. Just, just We're going to be all right. If we have the rights to a K-Dot song, I just end on that one. We're going to be all right. Yes, we will. All right, guys. Next time, we'll see you all. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye.